0: You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good Tuesday morning to you, everybody. Welcome to the Morning Drive here on Sports Talk 97.7. Mark Kramer, Nick Brown, John Tabor here with you. Aaron, of course, is on vacation all of this week and Monday of next week, Uh, kind of a dreary, rainy, stormy Tuesday morning. Hopefully, we'll bring a little sunshine back into the morning for you here on 97.7 here on the Morning Drive. You can get us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance hotline and text line, 888-993-7762. And uh, got a lot to get into here in the uh, two hours here this morning on the morning drive. Uh, first of all, uh, John, you've got the, uh, we were just talking about it before we went on the air. You've got the, the major league draft started yesterday, the first two rounds and, uh, five sec players going in the first two rounds, three of those being from Florida, uh, Florida had, uh, three guys go in the first round, which is pretty impressive. And, let you know why. Well,
1: uh, if you've seen them play.
0: Yeah, you've seen them play. That's yeah. what I mean. If you've seen them, you realize, uh, of course, the the top pick, Casey Mize, also from the SEC with the Auburn Tigers. Uh, one of the things that I think is interesting, you know, everything's slotted now as far as uh, what their their pick value is, what they call it, is worth.
1: Well, I don't know what exactly page you have pulled up, but I have the one off MLB.com and all the way to the right. They have the numerical value of the contract listed in the byline of of each pick.
0: Yeah, it says – he went to the Detroit Tigers, by the way, who had the first pick uh, through a trade. $8,096. So so you've got it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Mine says 8.1. $8,096. Wait a minute. $8,096,300. And probably there's a few cents uh, loaded in there also at some point. So – Casey Mize goes from the Auburn Tigers and now has quite a bit of cash uh, to deal with. You know, one of the interesting things about the Major League Draft, about this compensation and and the picks, is that years ago, well, not even really that long ago, we're going to talk about it in the starting lineup, but uh, the compensation has just really caught up with the other sports. On draft picks, just in the last few years, uh, they had a lot of years. Uh, even up again, I think up even up until like seven, eight, nine, maybe even ten years ago, uh, the top picks were barely getting a million dollars. And I know, say a barely a million dollars. Well, but
1: would it would it be fair to say that the NBA and the NFL tend to play their incoming rookies more upon potential, or are not just rookies, but the the players just all contracts on future potential whereas major league baseball tends to pay for past performance
0: right yeah that's a good that's a good way to put it and your whether it's a college player or a high school player in fact this year one of the usually you always see in the top 5 you usually see a couple of high school kids go but this year uh, the top 5 picks See, there used to be a real disconnect between college and Major League Baseball. We talked a little bit about the bats yesterday. And uh, before they switched over to these, to these bats that supposedly, and I say that again, supposedly act like uh, wooden bats, there was a real disconnect as far as position players especially between college and the uh, Major League Baseball simply because... A lot of guys didn't translate. I remember a couple of years in a row, and this has been 10 or 15 years ago, but uh, there was guys that led college baseball in hitting that never hit above like 220 or 230 in the minor leagues when they had to switch over to using uh, the wooden bat. And so Major League Baseball just – guy that
1: comes to mind that – one of your boys, Brandon Larson.
0: Yeah, Brandon Larson was unbelievable. Had a big hitting streak. and he had
1: 30-something and, home runs a senior year.
0: Yeah, and he couldn't – I don't think he ever hit over 220 or 230 in the minor leagues. He, he tried to get called up a couple of times. The Reds, because he was the number one pick, Reds tried to bring him up a couple of times, and he just – he couldn't even hit 200 and struck out all the time and, and hit a lot of uh, weak pop-ups because – he kept hitting the ball off the handle, and at, at that time, with the original metal bats, then you hit you hit it off the handle, you might be able to bloop it over the infield for a hit. But with a wooden bat, it's just a Shatter- pop-up. Shattering his yeah, bat. Yeah, it breaks the bat or it pops it up in the infield. So uh, that's a big difference. So uh, to that point, this year, five the top five players selected in the Major League Draft were all from the college ranks. Casey Mize from Auburn was the number one pick. Uh, Joey Bart, a catcher from Georgia Tech, went to the Giants. He was the second pick. Pick Alec Baum, a third baseman from Wichita State, went to the Phillies. The fourth pick was Nick Madrigal from uh, Oregon State, who uh, Tiger fans saw play the second baseman. He was the fourth pick to the White Sox. And then my Cincinnati Reds selected Jonathan India, the third baseman from that's got a Florida. Yes, absolutely, because they need position players. Is, is
1: is he the air? Is he the heir apparent to him, Votto?
0: And Votto plays first base. Well, I realize that
1: <laughs> down the line.
0: Oh, you mean for hitting?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, just, well, I don't yeah, mean right. next year or even two. I mean, five, six years down the road.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I hope he is. Um, another thing is that they have to feel like a lot of these guys are more pro ready when they come in, because most of the time, especially if they've had been redshirted or they were held back in high school, which a lot of these guys are, when they get out of college, they're 22, almost 23 years old. uh, They pretty much have to try to make the major leagues by 24 or 25 to be able to um, be a good investment for major league teams. They don't want a kid or somebody to come up as a rookie at 30 years old. Now, if you you know, you know, get the high schoolers at 18 or 19, you can afford to have them in the minors six or seven years and them come up at 25 or 26, but not with a kid that's coming out of college at 22 or 23. The first high school player picked in the major league draft uh, by the New York Mets was Jared Kellenick. He was an outfielder from Waukesha, Wisconsin high school and uh, I'm sure Santoria Black will ask him tomorrow where Waukesha is I'm sure he knows where Waukesha is in fact the next three players Ryan Weathers a left-handed pitcher was from Loreto Tennessee and Carter Stewart a right-handed pitcher is from O'Galley High School that's E-A-U and then G-A-L-L-I-E O'Galley High school in Florida, so those are the uh, and then the uh, Oklahoma's center fielder Kyler Murray went to Oakland, and then the tenth pick was Travis Swaggerty, was an outfielder from South Alabama, so the Sun Belt gets somebody in the top ten, and uh, two Conference USA players went in the first two rounds. Tyler Franklin, Florida Atlantic, their shortstop, uh, was drafted in the second round, as was Nick Sandlin. Uh, the pitcher, right-handed pitcher from Southern Miss, who was the Pitcher of the Year in Conference USA. Both of those guys were uh, drafted in the second round. So we had the, the Sun Belt and also the Conference, Conference USA. No LSU players were taken in the first two rounds, Nick Brown. Can you remember the last time that happened?
2: No, but, but question for you. No, who did Sandlin go to, by the way?
0: Sandlin went to the Cleveland Indians. Okay, I was looking at the – Tyler Frank went to the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay, I was looking at the rules for the
2: draft, and uh, one thing that was kind of a uh, an oxymoron, I guess, or maybe just a – how do you interpret this? Because you have to be removed from high school three years or 21 years of age. Is that correct, like three years out or 21? Three years out of high school, yes. Okay, or 21, right? Or 21. Okay, Zach Watson is 20. Is, he, is it from when to signing date, or is it from the draft date? Because yeah, he's I don't eligible know, and, for the draft? because And I don't
0: know if it's an either or, or it's an and. Is, I think it's
2: either or. And But I was reading all the reports, and he is draft eligible. And if you, if you go to his wiki page, it says that he is eligible. If you go to the Major League Baseball draft wiki page, it says that he is eligible for the draft. So if the draft is June the 4th and 5th, which is going on now, his birthday is not until, I think, late June. Is it? Is he eligible for the draft or is it from the signing date? I think the signing date for these guys that are drafted now is like July or August. I mean, obviously, yeah, you could sign tomorrow if you agreed in principle to right. what you're going to do. Yeah, they but- have,
0: uh, and I don't, I'm not exactly sure of how long but they have a certain amount of time, it maybe it's like six weeks or something like that, uh, to sign. And uh, otherwise, then they go back into the draft pool for the next year if they don't sign this year. So,
2: But really not sure of the answer of that question because – and I'm not. I mean, if you go to Major League Baseball, you know, the draft says you got to be out three years or your 21st birthday, whichever comes first. uh Neither of those would Zach Watson from LSU fall into that category, but yet he's listed as MLB draft unless they have changed or it is from the signing day, and you can check that out. I'm not sure. I had several people ask me about that yesterday, and I
0: did my homework but couldn't find the definitive answer. 888-993-7762. Storm texts in and says, uh, Travis Swaggerty is from Denham Springs. All right, Travis uh, Swaggerty was uh, drafted in as number 10 to the Pirates from South Alabama, so he is from Denham Springs, so Louisiana gets somebody down in there in the first round as well. Thank you for that. Uh, the most fascinating pick of the night was Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray going ninth overall to the A's. I can't believe the A's are going to let him play football this fall you know drew stanton was another player played for the yankees Uh, there's been a lot of guys hey people don't realize because you know it's not really publicized as much as as you would think it would be but you know who's playing minor league baseball this summer Russell Wilson. Yeah, absolutely. They don't. You know, they just keep it under wraps. That was the reason. You know, that was it. A- you really and truly, and I, I really, I'm emphasizing this. You don't see that much media coverage about the fact that Russell Wilson is still playing baseball. Yeah, it's it's odd. You know, the, the crazy thing about that is baseball
2: is the reason now his former. Coach at North Carolina State. I mean, this, Russell Wilson is going to be that guy that's going to be the answer to a million trivia questions because you're going to think about him as Wisconsin, but he actually started the football career at NC State, which is which is funny because you know at other schools it's okay to play baseball and football, and I mean it's okay, you can do it legally everywhere, but some coaches frown upon it. I believe it was Tom O'Brien, I think was a coach at NC State at the time. It really frowned upon it, and that was the reason that Russell Wilson – now, this is what's kind of funny. Russell Wilson left North Carolina State right. and went to Wisconsin. Now, I give Satori a hard time about it because Wisconsin is the one team in the Big Ten that doesn't offer baseball. Right. So, therefore, I mean, it's just kind of funny, but that's where he went. But uh, that's the reason he left NC State. But you're right. It is not – you don't get any publicity out of that. But i tell you what, we're talking about it on Sports Talk 97.7.
0: Uh, Sherman texts in and says it's either or, what we were talking about with the birth- okay. with the birthdays. Okay,
2: it's either or, but answer that question. Uh, you look at Zach Watson, He is, is he draft eligible? He's 20 years old right now. How many years has he been at LSU? Two? they've been at two. So does he fall into any of those categories? He's not 21. I think he's born in 1997, June of 97. So... Maybe right, even July of 97, not sure. But he's, he's he's not 21, and he hasn't been out of high school three years. And so he didn't follow any of those categories, but yet he's draft eligible according to Major league or according to one of the Major League Baseball
0: pages. So, and according to his own page. Before we go to the break, let's go ahead and tell everybody from Louisiana Pain Care who is in the starting lineup.
2: Maybe. <laughs> Maybe everyone's the on the lineup. bench.
3: The starting
2: lineup.
1: I had to find him long. The line.
0: starting lineup. Are you
4: crying? The starting lineup. Let's go crying. Let's get to the starting lineup.
0: I usually say something about John Tabor being error-free as the producer, so he just blew that.
2: And
1: <laughs> he just—he just gave you your just, number one. He told you your number one. No, no, no,
0: no, no, no. Just picking it, Mr. Tabor. In the starting lineup today, Daniel Freeman, the pitching coach from ULL and a local product of Ruston High School, who was drafted in the Major League Draft, uh, will join us at 7.30, and he'll talk about uh, a couple of things. He'll talk about, we'll have a segment with him just about the draft, his experience, how it works, uh, how the recruiting, not recruiting, but how the signing process worked. Uh, Daniel brings a very, uh, because he is local product, He brings a very interesting perspective. I think you'll all want to hear everything that he has to say and bring that kind of perspective uh, to our listeners about the whole draft process and then kind of how it was like after the draft, uh, going to a rookie team, uh, what it was like in the minor leagues, uh, some of the big differences between college and the minor leagues, Uh, just all of those different things. Daniel will be with us. And now he's on the coaching side of it as he's the pitching coach for the Raging Cajuns. So he's got a lot of good perspectives about uh, everything that's going on uh, right now at at this time of the year. Uh, You know, to your point you made yesterday, uh, Nick, about these guys playing while they're drafted. You know, we were talking about that yesterday. Uh, The kids from Florida, when they got drafted, Florida had three players drafted in the first round. All three of those guys were actually playing yesterday when they were drafted. In the game against Florida, uh, yeah, yeah, in the yeah, game against well, Florida, well, Atlanta. I tell
2: you what, the Ole Miss, the Ole Miss. Uh, how about Tennessee Tech knocking off uh, the yeah, Rebels at Swayze and, Field? Uh, you saw Ole Miss players in the dugout checking, and finally, finally, got it, somebody got a text. She ran around the corner, <laughs> and uh, made that phone call. But about uh, Tennessee Tech knocking down the Rebels at uh, Ole Miss last night.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. And <coughs> excuse me. Besides Daniel Freeman, uh, Gus Catengil will join us at eight o'clock, and we'll talk some Saints and some Pelicans with, uh, with Gus, and that'll be at 8 o'clock. Let's go ahead and take our first break. Our first hour of the morning drive brought to you by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Nick and I will return right after this.
4: The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better.
1: The latest cyber attack has already infected hundreds of thousands of computers in over 150 countries, brought down hospitals, railroads, banks, and even Federal Express right here in the U.S. Are you concerned that you may be vulnerable to the latest cyber attack? Then don't wait. Give us a call at 255-1110 and we'll provide guidance on how you can verify that you're secure. We also have checklists on our website at solutionsbyhightech.com or find us on Facebook.
3: Y'all come on down to the big summer open house this Saturday at Pierce Lumber Company in Ruston. You can save all over the store and register for door prizes, including a big green egg grill. That's right. Save on big green egg grill accessories too. And throughout the store, fill up a big red bag and get 20% off everything in it. Excludes power tools. It's gonna be eight till one this Saturday at Pierce Lumber Company, Burgessville Road, just off the Farmville Highway in Ruston. Just turn at the light. Another cup of coffee, and keep tuned to the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.
0: Welcome back to the Morning Drive, Mark Kramer and Nick Brown with you, John Tabor on the board this morning, not error-free. Let's go, let's go over the. Uh, of course, as I said, no, uh, the Major League Draft uh, first two rounds yesterday, no LSU player selected, very unusual that there's not an LSU player selected in the first couple of rounds. It's been, uh, I would think, been a while since that occurred. Also, uh, you know, we've had some texts already, 888-993-7762. Of course, the kids in high school can declare uh, or can be drafted right out of high school. We talked about it yesterday. Also on uh, the sports company that you also have the Hispanic kids uh, they have a different set of rules altogether from the uh, Caribbean countries. Uh, they can sign at 16 or 17 uh, over in those areas. They have a, a different, little different set of rules than than the uh, kids here in the U.S. do. So um, you have a situation where if they, if you go back into the draft again, and you end up going to college, then your circumstances change. Uh, I know I've seen uh, kids personally that we know, Nick Brown, you know, from our local area, that have gotten drafted out of high school and decided not to sign, didn't think that they were going to get enough money as a signing bonus for wherever they were drafted and went back into the, into the draft and unfortunately, never got drafted again. Really, uh, because of performance injuries, or, or performance injuries yet? or perform lack of performance in college, whether it was a junior college or a, or a four year school. Well, well anything and that's very it, unfortunate.
2: It, it is, and anything can happen. But also, they probably if didn't get drafted again, you never know. Might have been better off just going to college and, and getting that degree. But of course, uh, you know it's interesting. You go back to this draft and. You're always in light the you know, spring training you know you think about spring training things and going back i say one thing now and we talk about this in other professional sports you'll run into a lot of uh, older of our uh, respected uh, citizens out at the ballpark and they might have had an invitation or, or had a try out with a team and not make it and you think oh they just weren't that good but you got to also understand back when a lot of our our senior citizens were taking a shot at baseball. There were so many uh, fewer fewer teams. I know that uh my father uh played first base in junior college and also played a little college football and uh tried out with the St. Louis Cardinals. Now he did not make it and it's like you know, you gave him a hard time about oh Dad, you weren't you must not have been that good. But you know, then you look at it how many teams there actually were, you know, you had to meet the uh uh, the Dean brothers from over in uh, Wiggins, Mississippi. So uh, you go with uh, uh, Dizzy and his brother Daffy. So, uh, But it's interesting to see, and I think you see, you'll see, you look and obviously, check out the local areas. At what point, and that's one thing I would like to ask uh, Daniel Friedman, at what point do you say? I think every situation would be different, obviously, the financial situation of each individual family. But is there like a – a Mendoza line, so to speak, of like, okay, here you are at this point, you're better off going to college. I'm just talking about purely from the baseball aspect of right. it as opposed to you know, hey, if you're in dire financial needs or maybe you don't have the desire to go to college, you know it may be one dollar you're you're you know, you're drafted, you're going, you know what I'm saying.
0: Well, and you know, uh, thanks to Sherman, he'd text us in and uh, a link uh, to uh, the eligibility. Uh, the players that are twenty that who are going to turn twenty one can turn twenty one within forty five days of go. the end of the draft. Yeah. They are eligible for the draft. So that's what a month and thank, a half. Yeah, tell
2: Sherman, th- Sherman, thank you because I looked for that yesterday and could not find it. So I certainly appreciate that. We got the most intelligent listeners of all of sports oh, radio. Absolutely. Well, you know, you listen to when you drive across the country. That is one thing about it. And uh, you listen and uh, you listen to other people calling and they want to bring attention to themselves. Uh, our listeners want to bring facts to the table and, and discuss it, so certainly appreciate Sherman and that uh, uh,
0: information. Well, and one of the things that it said on that link, and again, Sherman, thanks again, was uh, that that it was talking about sophomores that are eligible. Again, as I said right before you came in that you know a lot of these guys graduate, they're almost 19 years old, or they redshirt their first year, in, uh, out of high school, and so by the time they're sophomores, they're already cl- getting close to 20, 20 to 21 years old instead of 19 or 20, uh, and also, I uh, was making the point that a lot of these guys are coming out at, of college at 22 or 23, they don't have the same window to get to the major leagues. No. So they have to be a little <clears throat> more major league ready because you know most of the major league teams don't want a rookie at 28 years old you know they don't want a college player that they're going to have to sit in the minor leagues 5 or 6 years uh, before they're able to be good enough right. to be called right Well, I up.
2: think I think the key point is you talk about the window and, and interesting a few years ago and now it's a different rule, you know. If you go to and which now I guess I guess the junior college is to me that was neg- never a negative term, but they changed them all to community colleges, which nothing not because they were technically junior colleges. But if you go to a junior college or a community college, you know you could go for a year, NBL and, uh, and, and be draft. In fact, a few years ago, a guy went to a community college, junior college. And was actually redshirted at the community college, and then went to the draft. So you know he's going to save that year. You could do that and go to a, a four-year institution and have all four years to play. But actually, was drafted after that. But you can go if you go to community college or junior college. You can go right. You don't have to wait the three-year window.
0: Right. It has to be with a with a four-year school. And and
1: um... well, don't forget what Bryce Harper did.
0: Was it maybe it was Bryce Harper that I was thinking about? I mean,
1: Bryce Harper dropped out of high school. Went and got his GED, got eligible to go to junior college, so I guess he took the standardized test as well. Went enrolled in junior college, went through his one year, and then got drafted.
2: That, that's maybe that's what I was referring to. That's a good call because here's the thing too, and I don't think even and the need talk about took the standardized test ACT or SAT. You don't even have to make a excuse; have to take it at some. So anyway, that's a smart route.
1: Well, they, I mean, he got him <clears throat> fastballed into the big leagues, of course, and you could see it as. Sophomore and junior year in high school, and he was going to be a stud, and has so far been the part, and it worked well for him. Now I don't think that's a very—it's
0: you know, not a normal.
1: No, way it's to not get a normal. <laughs> yeah,
0: not a normal. Well, like to when get Brandon there.
1: Jennings went over and played in Europe for a year before yeah. playing in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> right. good but that avenue is, is that, there.
2: That's right. And, and here's the thing, though, and that's why I keep saying that other professional sports should adopt this bo- model. But would there be other avenues? there for, you know, that particular sport. But, yeah, not a not a bad idea. But it's very interesting, the different routes to get to the major leagues. So, uh, interesting. And, and I guess, you know, I think, for me watching, uh, and I will watch and see. You talked about yesterday, what does LSU have to do? Well, obviously, Paul Maneri will be watching this as you go. But, you know, C.J. Willis at first was a commitment to Ole Miss and now a commitment to LSU. At what point, you know, Okay, if you get drafted? And also, I'll tell you what, too. The team that chooses you. You you look and see. I mean, I know you can always make a trade. Well, I you're... said
0: that yesterday about pitchers. Uh, yeah, not one. You know, if I was a pitcher coming out of high school, even uh, the Rockies, the Reds, and the Phillies would not be a team that I would want to go to, uh, simply because of the if you do make it to the major leagues, not good places to pitch. Yeah, and
2: it's interesting too. You look at the difference in the difference in the leagues. Uh, you go through and uh, and now go back and look at uh, Southern Miss choosing to pitch uh, Sandlin against Dallas Baptist as opposed to saving for Arkansas. And I gave a lot of my family members a hard time about that. That performance may have, have helped him as far as his cost, But look at the difference between the numbers between he and Casey Mize. Casey Mize and he, his numbers were very, very similar. But you look at the league that you're doing that in. One was the number one overall pick. The other was 67th. I mean, no slouch being the 67th person taken. Yeah, I thought Sandlin might go a little higher than that. Because
0: Nick Sandlin had great stats. I mean, he was 10-0. and 0. His ERA was in the twos. Uh, he had 100, pitched 102 innings and walked 14. His strikeout-to-walk ratio was unreal, uh, just like Casey Mize. I think Casey Mize had even more innings than that. A few more innings than that, and and walked like eleven or something. They have that more, but something the, ridiculous. Were
2: there sixty seven places between them, or sixty six places between them? One goes number one, one goes sixty seven. I thought I thought I thought Sandlin would go a little higher. To be honest with you,
0: yeah. And and that uh, yeah, both of them, both the Conference USA guys, go in the second round. Let's go ahead and take a break. And when we return, Daniel Freeman can clear up some of this stuff for us. He is now the uh, from graduate of Ruston High and now the pitching coach uh, for the Raging Cajuns down in Lafayette will join us to talk about all the aspects. If you've got a question for Daniel, just go ahead and text it in on the uh, on the hotline, the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline or text line, and uh, we will uh, go ahead and ask him that question, 888-993-7762. We'll be right back.
3: live to drive the all-new yard power of monroe northeast louisiana's only cub cadet dealer your cub cadet superstore is holding a big open house this saturday where you can save 15 percent on all cub cadet pro z mowers that could mean up to eighteen hundred dollars in savings big discounts on a great selection even red tag special deals on closeout inventory So remember YP, Yard Power, on Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane.
5: If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306, or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe.
3: Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.
0: Welcome back to the Morning Drive, here on Sports Talk 97.7. Want to go to the Stuart Shelby? Goosehead Insurance Hotline, and bring in one of my best, one of my best buddies ever, almost, uh, almost like my own child, Daniel Freeman. How you doing, man?
6: Man, I'm doing great. How about you guys?
0: Doing well, doing well. Daniel, pitching Good, coach man. down at ULL for the Raging Cajuns. This is how many years now, Daniel?
6: Uh, Down here, you mean? Yeah. uh, I'll be going into my fifth year down here.
0: Uh, Now, you uh, obviously, before we get into the stuff about the draft and everything, Mm -hmm. um, you played South Alabama this year in the Sun Belt. Uh, Travis Swaggerty got picked uh, as the highest uh, Sun Belt pick, I think, in a long, long time. Goes uh, number 10 in the draft of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, What was he like?
6: Well, I... Certainly happy that Travis went so high and, you know, he be able to sign and make a lot of money and, and get out of our league and I don't have to worry about getting out anymore.
0: <laughs> That's right, <laughs> um, get him out of the league. There you go. <laughs> One less guy you have to worry about in the scouting report.
6: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, good luck with even a scouting report on him because the kid is a, he's a very talented kid, man. Uh, honestly, uh, you know, guys don't go that high without, you know, being a five-tool player. I mean, he he might be the fastest guy in the Sun Belt. He's got, uh, you know, this year his power numbers fell off a little bit. But last year, you know, he hit a a lot of home runs. Certainly hits for a very high average. I I don't have his numbers in front of me. I don't know exactly what he hit this year. But I can tell you he's definitely a threat in the outfield, uh, on the base pass, and, you know, getting down the line as far as his speed. I mean, in center field he covers so much ground. The guy's probably a six. You know, six four to six five runner, uh, and he also, you know, out of high school, he wasn't a highly regarded prospect. Uh, I believe South Alabama was the only school that offered him to be a two way guy. Everybody else wanted him to go out and be a left handed pitcher because, you know, Travis used to be about ninety four ninety five off the mound from the left side. Uh, problem was, uh, I think he had a lot of trouble with command and. Uh, you know, it was just, it was a lot of raw talent there, but, you know, that it says a lot about what South, you know, South Alabama does with their guys. You know, they, they did a great job with him, uh, moved him along, you know, a long ways. He went from an undrafted guy to a top 10 pick, and, you know, I'm certainly happy for him. I know that we have a lot of guys on our team uh, down here that are good friends with Travis and, you know, say he's a great guy. And I, and I, and I can tell you, uh, you know, this is my fifth year or I'll be going into my fifth year, you know, in college baseball, played a couple of years as well, and he's one of the more special athletes that I've seen on the field. He really is at this level.
0: Daniel, let's go to uh been talking to uh telling our listeners about some of the perspective that you can bring. Of course the first two rounds of the major league draft were yesterday. Uh go back to your time when uh you were getting ready to get drafted. Of course, you went out of Ruston High to Texarkana Junior College. What was some of the process of what scouts were telling you as you were, as the season before you got drafted, uh, that season was taking place? Talk a little bit about some of the things that scouts were discussing with you as this process started.
6: Well, you know, you have your area scouts and, um, you know, their 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 main job is to gather information and, and to gather signability info, you know, and um they you know, my freshman year at Texarkano was just okay and, and I out of high school I wasn't like, you know, a highly touted kid, you know, I I, I wasn't talking to scouts at that point. Freshman year, junior college, same thing. Didn't really talk to anybody and then that sophomore uh, fall I came in you know, my velocity jumped a little bit. And I started, you know, getting recognized a little bit. It was the Astros who first saw me, and then uh, then the Yankees kind of jumped in. And, um, you know, my story is a little bit different because a lot of guys, you know, they they talk to, you know, now I think teams get out and see everyone, you know, and and really throughout my process, I really mainly talked to those two teams the whole time. I pretty much knew it was going to come down to those two. And then there was also a guy who, who scouted just for for Major League Baseball as a whole, and all his information went to every single team. Um, so that was really the only pipeline I had to the you know to the other twenty eight teams. But you know, like, it, they they started in the, in the fall. You know, coming out and seeing me, and then I started seeing them show up more and more and more. You know, and I would start every Saturday. Uh, in the nine, we played a doubleheader in junior college. You would play a doubleheader on Wednesday and a doubleheader on uh, Saturday. Well. I started showing up, you know, every, every Saturday for that, that second game. And, you know, I, I end up having a, a really good year. Uh, and, you know, I, I pretty much knew, though, it was going to be, you know, Houston or, or the New York Yankees that year. But I think, you know, th- nowadays, man, these these guys are coming in in the fall. And, uh, you know, they're having meetings with guys that have any chance at all, you know, possibly being be taken early early on i think they do a lot better job now of of gathering the information and finding out the signability now and i I think that has a lot to do with the with the slot value and the the way the money works out these days they don't have you know as as much room to move around with their money as they did back then
2: uh daniel you look at it uh nick brown here you were taken in the 17th round what uh Had you not signed, what uh, school would you have uh, gone to to continue your baseball playing career? What four-year college would you have gone to? And was there a round where you said, you know what, you taught your mom and dad, say, look, 17th round or lower, I'm going. You know, if it goes on up. Or is it what, regardless of it, I'm going to Major League Baseball if I get drafted at all. What was your thought process there, and what was the – point at which you would have said you know what i'm going to go to a four-year institution and what institution would that have been
6: yep hey nick first of all good to talk to you man hadn't seen you in a long time um uh to answer your question out of out of can i had i had signed with the university of the university of louisiana monroe and uh that's where i was going to head off if uh if i didn't get drafted and if i felt disrespected in the draft and um and you know and, and didn't didn't feel like they gave me you know a, a fair fair amount of money and, and, and a fair shot you know obviously the the lower you go in the draft uh, the, the lower your chances are i mean and it it drops off significantly it really does but um you know i i i really felt that i, I couldn't go wrong either way um uh, you know I, I, louisiana monroe at the time was was playing really good baseball um it's it kind of Crazy story. This is off the subject. I actually, Jeremy Talbot, who was our recruiting coordinator here at, at UL, is, was actually the recruiting coordinator at ULM and signed <laughs> me to come play for him. So, so that's a neat story. But that's for another day. But anyway, uh, you know, the, 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 the night that it happened, I, you know, I'll never forget it. It was June 6, thousand two. They called me. You know, start calling me. Really, I think in the, probably the sixth round. Um. You know, you, you still want to sign here if the if the money is, you know, and, and I, the whole time throughout the process I was telling them if the money is fair for the round, then, you know, I'm willing to go along with the top 20 rounds. I didn't have an agent or anything which all these kids, you know, now have advisors and, you know, they're they, they're, a, they're a lot well, more well-versed than I was back then. I, I, I was, you know, young, not very mature. Uh, thought i was getting drafted going straight to the big leagues you know that not, not not very smart i should have done my homework a lot more but anyway you know i ended up getting taken in the 17th round and uh you know i, I felt i was ready um i think it's a gamble as a pitcher you know i think i think as a position player it's a lot easier to, to say no in the draft and you know and, and going to the four-year school and not have to worry about an arm blowing out or anything like that and, You know, I I think there's pros and cons to it, but knowing now what I know, like, you know, statistics and stuff by the round of uh, of making it uh, to the big leagues, you know, I I think I would have went to college, honestly, now if if I had to do it all over.
0: You know, Daniel, uh, I've uh, talked to a lot of people that uh, have had to make that decision of whether to go or not uh, to go. Um, when you when you get to that point, and you were talking about the pitching about the pitching part of it uh what are some of the other decisions uh you know when you said that you didn't know if you were ready uh you were or that you thought you were ready or not uh talk a little bit about the biggest difference from uh from being in college and then uh what happened after that and and what the difference was once you got to uh, i know you've told me before that uh, your eyes got opened pretty quickly
6: Mm -hmm. yeah well the the biggest adjustment I had to make was I had been a starter my whole life you know Um, a couple times in junior college you know I might start on a Saturday and if they needed me to to come in and you know get a big out or something on Wednesday night during the conference game I might come in and, and face a hitter or something like that but you know, I had never really thrown out of the bullpen or had significant time out of the bullpen. And, you know, that's another thing I, you know, not knowing, you know, going into it was, you know, they, that's, that, that's where they start throwing, you know, late, late round, I'd say late round, you know, 17th round. That's, that's not, that's not high in their eyes, you know, and the amount of money they put in new, isn't a lot of money, you know, so you're going to get less chances, first of all, but they, they, they put me right in the bullpen, um. Uh, I couldn't remember, man, I was the last pitcher on my team to even get to go out and pitch, and I'm thinking, man, did I really make the right decision here? Uh, ended up having a great year, you know. Um, it, it worked out for me, you know, You know, put a few years. Got, I think I got five or six in the unit total, and, you know, it, it was a good time, but I think that the biggest deal for me was moving from, you know, from as a starter, you know, going out every – seven days too that's that's a big jump you're going out every seven days in college and high school to every five days now you know i think that that's another thing and you know the amount of throwing also in professional baseball they they really put you through a rigorous you know uh th- you know just basically arm conditioning program every day trying to get you used to that amount of throwing and uh and getting back up, you know, every, every fifth day for the starters. I think, I think that's the biggest adjustment.
0: Let's go ahead and take a break. And when we return, I want to take that one step further, uh, Daniel, and then and, and, and talk about now that you're on the, on the recruiting side of it, uh, some of the things that you guys look for as far as uh, high school players and, and then the characteristics of high school guys that get drafted uh, fairly high. Cause this year, the first five picks, in the draft were all college players where that wasn't always the case uh, a few years ago. So we'll go ahead and take a break and we'll return with more with Daniel Freeman. You're listening to the Morning Drive here on Sports Talk 977.
3: If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit NetTech.net or call 866-668-0001 today.
5: Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe.
4: The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want. At Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life visit ronnie ward toyota of ruston.com
1: Drive your dream live to drive
3: let's get back to the sports on the morning drive this hour is sponsored by ronnie ward toyota of ruston
0: welcome back to the morning drive on 977 and uh, talking to Daniel Freeman, graduate of Rustin High, and, and uh, played in the minor leagues and got drafted and uh, played for, what, Daniel, you said five or six years, right?
6: Yeah, between, between you know, minor league ball and, uh, and independent mm-hmm. ball, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's six years.
0: Okay, I want to take one step further. I've talked to a lot of scouts over the years, you know, doing all the announcing and the broadcasting that I do for baseball. And I like to pick the brain of scouts to see – you know just what they're looking for whether it's a position player or a pitcher i just like to have baseball conversations with these guys to to see kind of the standard that they're looking for where they consider somebody draftable and you were talking about uh, the pitching uh, part of it uh, versus a position player and you know some one of the things that they've uh, every single scout has told me is that of all the positions They want pitchers to sign with the major league team as early as possible because you were getting ready to talk about the conditioning program and all of that, and that's what they say. Hey, we want pitchers. We love to draft pitchers out of high school because we want them in our pitching and conditioning program as quickly as possible.
6: Yeah, well, you know, I I think they're trying to – get everybody in there as quickly as possible, and and, and that's their job. As far as the grading scale, you know, today with it being such a big analytical world, you know, basically they're going to grade every single pitcher out, you know, on on a scale of 20 to 80 on their fastball, their off-speed, or their their breaking ball, whether it be curveball or slider, their changeup, and their command, you know. It doesn't matter. I mean, it, it, velocity and stuff matters, but you're going to be thrown into a computer, and those four to five grades is what is going to be spit out, and that's the way they're going to adjust their board. I mean, that's the bottom line today. You know, that, that the game's going more to an analytical standpoint. You know, where, where guys, where seriously, they just they plug these numbers in the computer and they look for the name to pop out. But um, as far as getting their young arms in there and uh, into organization early, you know, I, I think there is some merit to that. You know, because they can get those guys before they have a lot of, uh, you know, innings maybe on their arm in college. You know, and but if you really look at it, the numbers are better for kids to go to to go to a four year school. You know, um, your chance of making it to the big leagues, you know, in the first round, college guys it's about seventy three, seventy four percent in the first round, and high school is about fifty eight percent you go to the second round you got about a 60% chance as a as a college guy and you got a 40% chance as guy as a high school guy even in the third round you know it goes to about 45% chance as a college guy and about a 35 as a as a high school guy so your chances they really are better if you go to a good college program and you learn to develop and you know you get closer to that degree i think it gives you le- leverage right there you know because you know, it's hard. I, for me, it was hard going out of a two-year school and having two years. You know, having two years of school left when I got done to go back and finish up. You know, I think the the farther you get away from your time you were in college, the harder it is to go back. You know, and to finish that degree. So, you know, obviously, it sounds like I'm bargaining for kids to come to, to a four-year school because that, that, that's my career choice. But if you look at the numbers, it really does back it up.
2: Okay, that that was my point, and you really answered that question now. But I think the beauty of that, Daniel, is it what it will do when you have a player that is uh, going to be drafted or is even drafted and has eligibility remaining, you have the experience that you can go back and tell them, say, hey, look, here's the deal. This is what I did. This is what we went through. And so I think that that is something that you can bring to the table. Of course, you know, you shouldn't have had trouble going back to school with the chemistry background. You should have been able to handle that pretty good. <laughs>
6: I did. I, that's the one thing I could fall back on. My mom was able to help me in chemistry, and uh, I just wish I wish online classes were more readily available. Then my mom would, uh, would probably finish school for me a lot earlier than I end up doing.
0: It. Daniel, now that you you know you guys have a ton of talent on the Raging Cajun squad every year, uh, not just the pitchers that you you know the guys you deal with on the team, but uh, the entire the team as an entirety. Uh, how do you counsel? the guys on your team uh, that have the, uh, the uh, talent and have gotten the scouts uh, interested over the course of the year uh, each year that you guys go through this. Uh, what, how do you counsel your guys on what to look for, kind of what to do? What are some of the parameters that they, they need to use uh, to decide whether to go or not?
6: Well, I, I think every case is special and 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 different, you know, um, you know, this this year, you know, I have I have two arms that have a chance of going pretty high. You know, uh, I got a junior that's he, he's possibly today going to go anywhere from the third to the fifth round, depending on you know if they said you know if they they hit his value. Uh, uh, you know, I'm really close to the scout that uh, that drafted me. I you know out of junior college, and he's now an area scout in Louisiana. I get to talk to him all the time and. He, he literally told me a few months back that almost every single pick is already a done deal before it ever goes through. You know what I mean? They they already have a deal made with those kids cause, because of the signability aspect of it. But with with our guys, you know, I, I try to be honest with them, you know, I, I, I try to put as much data out there as I possibly can in front of them and show them, you know, if you take it in, in the you know, top five rounds or top six rounds, or if you get this amount of money, I think it's smart for you to go. And then if you're taking, you know, say out of the top ten rounds, I, I wouldn't sign out of the top ten rounds. Period. Unless unless I was a college senior now, looking back on things. But um, you know, I, I show them the numbers. Your chance of making it to the big leagues, you know, uh, you know how much more your college education is going to be worth than the than the Thirty thousand dollars that they're going to give you, and you know, make it look great. They, 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 that's 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 their job. You know, their their job is honestly to sign you for as little as they possibly can, and to try to paint the picture as as, as perfect as they can. And that's not the that's not the truth to the real world out there, man. It's not. You know, you just gotta you got to get these kids over the excited portion of being drafted, and make them sit down and you know make a logical decision and, uh, you know, really make them understand, like, you know, $100,000 isn't that much money when, you, when it comes down to it. You know, the government's going to take too much half of it from you when you start getting in that kind of bracket. And
5: then what are you really left
6: with? Is, is that really worth more than your education? Now, you know, top, top five, you know, ten, 10 rounds possibly, you, you, you're looking at more money, you know, but really in those top, Three rounds, top two rounds. Are you really looking at life-changing money? And that—that's something I try to show them. You know, it's and, and 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 I'm I'm honest with them. I'm not trying to just sway them to come back to school and, and play for us one more year. I, re, I really try to just put the facts in front of them and uh, you know tell them my story and you know uh, you know you just counsel them through that and then you know you, you hope they, they they make the right decision for them.
0: One more question. Uh, we got a question from one of our listeners uh, on the uh, just actual college recruiting uh, away from the draft a little bit. Uh, has, high school, has high school baseball lost any validity with the summer showcase and, and travel teams during the summer now in regards to college coaching recruiting? Do college coaches recruit more now in the summer than in the traditional high school spring season?
6: Uh, that's a good question. Really, is um, you know, to be honest with you, I think it's uh, it, you know during the summer it's a lot easier to get out and to see more kids play baseball. Um, obviously, during the year, you know we're, we're playing at least four games a week. Sometimes we got a five game, you know, five game weekly schedule, and uh, it, it's hard for us to get out on the road, and, and especially to try to get you know a, a good. Good ways away from 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 you know our our place wherever we're, we're coaching now. Actually, I'm in Lafayette. It's hard to it's hard to go to Houston or to Jackson, Mississippi. You know before you know when we're having games during the middle of the week. But during the summer, you know we're in the office. I would say from Monday to Monday to Wednesday, and then Thursday to Sunday. You know it's somewhere different every weekend. We're out on the road recruiting, and I think uh, I think that, that that's a very valuable part of, a, you know, young guys and high school guys' careers right now is, is finding a good travel ball organization uh, and, and, and and somebody who really knows what they're doing because those guys are really going, first of all, through just a maturation process um, physically during that time, but also getting with someone who's been there through that and, and, and then has done it on both ends, you know, you know, collegially at least, and and some even professionally, and someone who can give them good advice and and, and know what to tell these these college and and, and pro guys that are coming through and uh, talking to these kids and evaluating them.
0: Now, one last thing on that that subject. We just have about a minute or so. Um, As far as the coaches are concerned, there are a lot of people that are concerned that their high school coach is kind of being marginalized a little bit. Uh, as opposed to some of these guys, a lot of the guys, uh, and I'm just being honest about it, a lot of the guys that run a lot of these summer programs, it's just, it's a moneymaker for them. Now, I'm not saying that they don't have the best interest of the kids at heart, but uh, a lot of these guys that are coaching uh, these summer teams now, these select teams, it's, it's kind of what they do. You know, they do it in the fall, they do it in the summer. And sometimes they even have some uh, spring uh, games as well, and it's something they do all year round, and it's almost their living now. And uh, it can skew their, uh, you know, their views and opinions a little bit. And a lot of their high school coaches that are really investing in these kids in high school are being marginalized a little bit in the recruiting process. Uh, just your quickly, your thoughts on that.
6: I couldn't agree with you more, you know. Um, and, 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 I, and I think that's wrong. I think that's sad. You know, I think, I, you know, the kids these days, uh, I think the reason that that has kind of – Happened now, and, and and it's happening more and more now. is because you know when I was playing, I didn't start hearing from colleges until I was a senior in high school. You know, uh, now the recruiting process has gotten out of hand. You know, we're we're going and watching kids that are going to be freshmen that year, and you know, are just finished their freshman year. And I think some of the time the the high school coaches cut out because the kid hadn't even played for them yet you know, or hasn't even reached them. I mean, literally, you're having kids that are 2022 grads that are committing to four-year schools, and they haven't even played a day of freshman baseball yet. And I think now that, um, that they set some the rules, and now you, now you have to be, it has to be past September 1st of your junior year before you can bring these guys in on any kind of visit, whereas you know, b- before this spring, we could bring guys in. I could bring a 2023 kid in, kid in seventh grade. I could bring him in, bring him on an unofficial visit. He could come in, watch a baseball game, tour our facilities, and we could offer him a scholarship. And now they've made it to where that you there's there's no such thing as like you know the the bringing in young kids on unofficial visits. Now that it has to be after September 1st of the junior year. First off, before you know, you can call them, which has always been the rule, you know. But there's guys go around that; they find ways to make those kids call them, you know, and that's perfectly legal. The kids can call you, but you can't call them. But you know, going back to your point, I I think I I do think it's sad, and uh, I know that was a big thing that was brought up, uh, you know, at the Louisiana high school convention this year. That they put a panel together and. A lot of the recruiting coordinators from our state were in it, and I know a lot of the high school coaches were upset because they
4: felt Thanks for
0: listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes,
3: Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.